Welcome to Mox on the Mic, your exclusive look into all things Chattanooga athletics. Here's your host, Chris Goforth. Welcome in to Mox on the Mic. It's one of my favorite episodes every year where we get a chance to recap the regular season in basketball and we get a chance to talk about the Southern Conference Tournament that's getting underway today in Asheville. So looking forward to visiting with both head coaches, men's head coach Dan Earl. He's going to join us coming up in just uh, just a few minutes. But we're going to start today with Chattanooga women's coach Sean Poppy and a really fun season for his team. I know the regular season didn't finish the way they wanted it to, but it was really fun watching this team kind of grow and develop over the course of this season. And with that said, let's get to it. Here's Chattanooga women's basketball coach Sean Poppy on Mox on the Mic. Well, coach, year one, I think most people would uh, would look at this year and, and feel like it's been a success for you. How do you view year one as the Chattanooga women's basketball coach? Yeah, um, <laughs> you know, I go both ways with it, Chris. Um, definitely, definitely uh, very proud of the group and, and uh, the success they've had and how far we've come. Um, you know, it still hurts a little bit. I feel like um, we've had some opportunities to make it a, a really, really special year. Um, I, I think some of it, though, is part of the process um, as you – uh, learn what it takes, what it looks like, what it feels like uh, to kind of finish the job. I really wanted it, and I know they did too. Um, you know, we had a chance to win um, up at UNC Greensboro over the weekend to to clinch a share of, of a conference championship regular season, and um, and I know they wanted it so bad, almost maybe to a fault. Um, so, with that said, though, very proud of where we've you know where we've come from and where we're at, and uh, looking for. Uh, an exciting finish up in Asheville. Coach, if you can, I want to ask you about a couple of players um, and just kind of your thoughts on on where they where they are right now, if you've been able to spend a season with them. Um, I, I thought what you guys did, when you go back to before the start of the season, I asked you about Seagren Olaf's daughter, and you said you said, look, she can play a lot of places. We're trying to figure out where she fits in not sure where her place is with this team as the yeah. year went on it felt like she found her place I think she's maybe very quietly but coach she's had a tremendous year playing for you I thought tremendous absolutely you are 100% correct and um, you know I think for her uh, she kind of found her niche as being we put her on the best, the best player the every night on the other team. And so that's kind of was where it stuck with us is someone we could count on defensively. Um, and then on the offensive end, she's really shot the ball very well. And and I think some of that has come with shot selection, um, you know, uh, taking really good basketball shots. And then uh she she could probably no one there was never a conversation had over the summer um between her and I in the sense of of uh you know how to shoot it, when to shoot it, why to shoot it, those kind of things. Uh, but I challenged her in the summer to attack the rim, attack the rim, attack the rim, because she was not shooting it well. And she took it as a challenge. She lived in the gym uh, um and, and started to gain confidence back into it. Uh, again, I never told her not to shoot it. Um, but then as she started to make it, it grew a confidence amongst, you know, her, but also her teammates. Um, 
I'm sure you've seen plenty of pictures when she shoots it. We all put a fist up, you know, because we, we think she's going to make everyone she shoots. So uh, a mixture of those two things. She shot the ball really well. Her IQ has obviously been one of them things as she figures out our system. But uh, it really started on the defensive end. Is is one of them kids that just guards the other team's best player every night. And uh, there's a place for that kind of person on every team. Have you ever had a 5-4 guard get 20 rebounds in a game? Before? <laughs> uh, I have not. Um, you know, I, the running joke around here is that she reminds me a lot of myself in the sense of uh, you go let all the, everybody else go box out and then you go steal the rebounds. Uh, so much so when she did that, it was actually up at Furman and one of my um, former teammates was there. He said, I can't believe you're teaching your kids exactly what you did. And I said, I, <laughs> I wish I could tell you I did, but we don't teach that. She just goes and gets it. I said, so uh, maybe that's why I, uh, I love her so much. She, she's very similar to uh what I did but anyway no she just has a heart of a lion and um you know gets in there and will, will compete and is feisty and uh, does a lot of little things for us that's for sure I think going back to the early part of the fall when you and I spoke you were you were I'm going to say cautiously optimistic maybe on Raven Thompson and and what she could be did you see her having this type of season and this type of impact on your basketball team? I'd be lying to say that I think it'd be this big of an impact. You know, I thought she could make an impact for sure. Um, you know, her skill set and IQ level were, were beyond her years as a freshman. Um, I was curious on the conditioning level. I was curious on, you know, playing at the pace of a college game uh, for the extent that she did. And, and to be honest, you could probably see with how we played as the year went on, We've given her more and more and more as she continues to prove she can handle it. And so, um, you know, the thing about Raven is she's such a mismatched kid for opposing teams where we can move her around, play on the perimeter, play her inside. And and um, she's handled it very, very well. Um, I, I've, I've openly talked about it. For her, it's, it's really it's, – it's exciting and kind of scary to think of how good she can be because we really haven't done a ton to her actual – game you know we've been really more worked on you know how to put her in positions but then you know the conditioning level and uh, uh, mindset type things more than it's been actual basketball stuff so um, very proud of where where she's you know come from but uh, she's been a really big big piece to to our success that's for sure she's freshman of the year in the conference right I mean there's she, she's got to be that's that's what I said to the media maybe two weeks ago. Um, I know the voting went in today. Um, I would have something to say if if that thing comes out tomorrow and she's not the freshman of the year. That's for sure. Yaz Waziradine uh, comes in as a as a transfer. Uh, look, coach. There's been times this year when it seems like she maybe kind of carried you guys offensively. Uh, your thoughts on what you got from from Yaz this year? Yeah, you know, the production on the court uh, in the sense of in-game has been big for us. Um, I think she had to carry the load a lot more early on, you know, as we were still finding our identity. Um, but to be honest with you, Chris, for her, her biggest impact has been off the court. Um, you know, we're trying to build a culture. Uh, I want this to be a program, not a season, not a team, uh, you know, a single team. And – what she's done to our program is she's made it okay to love basketball. Um, she, she lives in the gym. She lives 
um, up in our offices watching film and, and that becomes contagious. And uh, I think what it's done is, is it's really set the, the standard of what it is to, to be in this program, to be successful. Um, and then it's carried out on the court. You know, I, I think that she's had a, a tremendous year offensively for us and, and it does some good things defensively. Uh, it's been nice not to have to, to literally lean on her every single possession down the floor like we did early on. Um, and another one of them kids, I think, is a first-team all-conference player, in my opinion. Um, and, again, proud of what she's done on the court. But I'll, I'll be forever indebted to her for what she's done to our culture uh, moving forward uh, here inside our program. She and Addie Porter played a lot of minutes um, over the course of this year. Did you try – was there an effort maybe late in the year to steal a little bit of rest at times for both of those? Yeah, you know, uh, some of that is, is you know, kind of how it all played itself out. I wouldn't tell you, you know, when I first got here, this is the plan. You know, it was um, never a plan to play them as many minutes as they did, but it just kind of the way it played itself out. We could never find, um, you know, a rhythm, uh, a, a group of people that, that we could trust uh, when they're not out on the floor. Um and so we've also, because of that, managed a lot of things off the court, you know, with how our practice schedule is, what we do in practice, um, because the reality is they were going to play 38 to 40 minutes. Um, I do think that we've been able to sneak some minutes here the last couple of weeks to where they haven't had to do it. Of course, Addie Grace made her mind up the other night. Uh, I had no choice because for the first game all year, she gets in really deep foul trouble. Um you know, I think the game before, I think it was at Western, um, we found a, a few minutes there to get Yaz, and then a four-minute mark, we end up subbing her out and then never, in a sense, put her back in because we didn't need to. Um, so, you know, we have found some ways, but um, I would say uh, for us, uh, we're planning on playing them a lot of minutes here um, in the tournament in Asheville, and and uh, they know that. they're They're preparing their bodies for that. Um, and so it's going to be tough, but we also know what we're going up against. Well, I got to ask about Abby. She dealt, I know with injuries, uh, early in the year, she dealt all year with just the physical play underneath the basket and continued, maybe, maybe didn't have the offensive year that we've seen from her in the past, but, uh, her ability to one play defense, but also to, to be able to see the floor, maybe I think the most underrated part of, of what Abby Cornelius does coach is her ability to pass the ball and get others involved. hundred uh, percent. And I tell you what, the outside world doesn't know what Abby's gone through this whole year. Um, to, to think of the, the amount of pounding that body's taken, all the miles on the tires. Um, she's got ice on her neck, shoulder, arms, leg. I mean, every day, you know, it's, um, it's really, really impressive. Um, what she's fought through to to give us as much as she has. Um, you know, I think going into the year, I, I really would have planned on her having a better offensive year, but uh, a lot of that's come down to just her body's not been able to, to um, be able to do some of the things that she's been able to do in the past. And so I think that some of us is, is we, we know that, she knows that. Um, we've turned her into – yeah, she's still an offensive threat, but her ability to pass the ball and her IQ, um, a lot of our stuff is played through her, you know, is almost like a point center, um, you know, with some of the stuff that she's doing. And um, 
and so much so when she gets in foul trouble, I got to look at a whole new play call sheet because she's that gifted. Uh, we run a lot of stuff because she's in the game. So um, I think she's had a phenomenal year considering what she's going through. Again, outside world, look at stats and say she's had a down year. But um, I would say without her, there's nowhere we're nowhere near where we're at now uh, without her. That's for sure. Biggest concern for you right now with where you guys are going into this, uh, going into this Southern Conference tournament. What what concerns do you have? Well, I, I'm just going to be candid and honest. Um, I love the team we have. I know with how much work they've put in. A lot of people could say, "Well, you you don't have a ton of bodies, so does that worry?" It doesn't. Um, I'm more so. Can we get over the hump mentally? You know, we, we've put ourselves in position all year um, and, and we've come up a little short. And I think we've, we've held ourselves back um, on that full on belief when 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 things uh, I don't know, get if there's pressure situations or whatever it is. I feel like we've made mental mistakes um, when we've been in them situations. And that's not to take anything away from any of our opponents. Um, I felt like we've held ourselves back a little bit. We're going to spend all week on the mentality part of things of how to finish this thing out because they have put the work in. They are good enough. And when we play free, uh, I like our chances. Um, we have to find a way. Uh, we know next loss, you're home. Yeah, And there's a pressure that comes to that. And we got to find a way to play free and trust in all the stuff we've done. Because when we do that, we're a pretty darn good basketball team. How do you do that? Like, I mean, that's that's not a, you know, is it is it a rah-rah speech every day? Is that the way you approach this? What do you do? Well, you know, I think all young people, and sometimes including myself, you get caught in such the moment, right? You're We're in Greensboro, and we all know we're playing for a, a, a regular season conference championship. And, you know, we sit back after the game, and that's all we talk about is, is well, we've not been in this moment. And it's, you know, for me – Yes, we have. Uh, we've been in plenty of close games all year. We got to think back and, and and rely on the experiences we've been in. I don't know. Ann probably knows it better than I do. Seventeen to twenty-two, uh, two possession games all season long. You know, whatever that number is, it doesn't. You know, I, we got to take the moment away and rely on the experiences just based on on the game and, and the opponent. And so. Um, I think it's a lot of conversations. Um, I guess it could be some rah-rah. Um, maybe that's that's why they pay people a lot of money to do these kind of things. I don't know. We'll figure out if, if I'm uh, <laughs> capable of doing it or not. <laughs> I think the one thing that really kind of makes this conference tournament so interesting and intriguing is the idea that Coach, I don't think there's one team you look at and say, okay, they're just clear-cut better than everybody else. I mean, look, you guys have got just as good of a shot at being able to win this thing as, as anybody else does. Well, I, maybe that's some of my rah-rah speech going into this week, right? <laughs> but, you know, I think for us, we're all feeling sorry for ourselves um, after that game in Greensboro. But then we sit there and talk about the bracket, and I say, well – four of our five losses are on the opposite side of the bracket, right? And that doesn't mean we're just going to get slit right into the championship. You know, I, I get that, but um, that's the way this league is. It's a, uh, no one's a clear cut favorite. You're exactly right. Uh, one, one verse eight, you don't know. Two verse seven, you don't know. Um, and so 
Uh, it's got to be one game at a time. It'll be very interesting how it plays itself out. It's definitely a matchup-based league, in my opinion. Um, you know, ETSU's given Wofford fits both times they played them. Um, obviously, we've had a lot of success against ETSU, so it's going to be really based on matchups as we, you know, find our way through Asheville. And the one thing we can do is take care of ourselves, uh, starting with Furman. Um, but I'm really looking forward to seeing how this thing plays out. Break down that matchup then, first game of the conference tournament against a, a team that uh, you're pretty familiar with, at least a coach that you know pretty yeah. well uh, at Furman. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, they're, they're a gritty team. That's for sure. You know, I think a lot of people in their situation with how their years play, played itself out, um, back to probably even all the way back to the summer, you know, two of their, um, players that they relied on coming in the year, get out, uh, hurt out for the year. Um, they've obviously not had the same amount of success as I know that they had planned on going into the year. Uh, but it hasn't detoured them from playing hard. They play hard, they're physical, they rebound the basketball, um, it probably speaks volumes. They finished the year on senior night by beating a really good Sanford team uh, pretty handily, you know? So uh, we know we got to work cut out for us. They really pack the paint with their, their defense. Um, you know, we got to find a way to stretch them out. And and I think the last time we played here at home, we had 42 points in the paint, which is pretty impressive against a pack line defense. So uh, we're going to have to find a way to do the same thing and, and continue to defend. We have had some success defending them the first two times we played them. Um, you know, but they have a really good post player inside with Van Rye, an experienced post player, um, and then kind of stretch you out with some athletic guards and a couple that can shoot it. So um, rely on what we've done that's been successful. we got to find a couple ways uh, to continue to, to uh, get some easy baskets. Coach, you guys have been uh, you guys have been fun to watch this year. It's been a it's been a fun team to follow. Best of luck to you uh, in Asheville, and uh, hopefully the next time we're talking, it's uh, it's a it's a Southern Conference championship we're we're breaking down. That's what I like to hear right there. I appreciate uh, all you do for us and, and the kind words. It's been a fun group to be a part of. That's for sure. They're they're fighting their tails off, and I hope they can uh, finish this thing out and, and get what they deserve. Chattanooga men's basketball gets underway tomorrow. They'll uh, tip it off at around 7.30 tomorrow night. Of course, JR will have the call for you on the Box Sports Network, WFLI 1070 and 96.1 locally. We had the chance to catch up with Chattanooga head coach Dan Earl. Talk a little bit about the way the season has gone for his mocks. Year one for Dan Earl. Well, Coach, year one at uh, Chattanooga, at least in terms of the um, of the regular season, is uh, is in the books. Uh, a little bit about kind of how you feel now at the end of your first regular season. Yeah, um, you know it's it's been a tough year in many ways. I mean, I, I love being in Chattanooga. <laughs> My family really enjoys it. We have really good kids on the team. Um, it's been a, a tough year in that we had to, you know, put together a lot of new pieces and eight new scholarship players. Um, you know, you're putting in a new style and system. Had some injuries to start the year with uh, three different guys, and then had uh, Jake Stevens go down and uh, Jamal Walker recently take a, a step away for a little bit. So it's been a tough year from that standpoint. And we haven't won as many games as I would have liked. Um, you know, we're, our guys are still competing and trying and, uh, you know, listening and coachable. Uh, I just would have liked to have won some more games. But 
you put all that together and I think we have gotten better. Uh, we understand the system and style a little bit more. Um, again, our kids are really good kids and it's kind of a new season now with the Southern conference tournament. So you almost have uh, potentially four seasons, meaning non-conference basketball conference basketball, which we just finished up the conference tournament. And then if you get postseason play, so we're going to do everything we can to keep this thing running. Bring us up to date on on Jake Stevens. Is there any chance he plays in Asheville? Uh, yeah, I think there's a chance. Um, we're still kind of determined at taking it at this point day to day because, you know, it's uh, around the corner, if you will. So Jake's going to have another doctor's appointment between now and then, uh, see what they say, see if uh, everything's still healing up the right way. He is uh, chomping at the bit. So if there's anybody that wants to play, it's Jake. So um, you're almost kind of keeping him from doing too much. But uh, he's a wonderful young man. I feel really bad for him because he came to Chattanooga with us to accomplish big things, uh, both individually, but even more so collectively. Um, so it's been a tough year for him, certainly. And uh, But he's a wonderful young man. We obviously would never put him in harm's way at all. Um, we want to do the right thing by him, but if the doctor allows him to, and if Jake feels comfortable with it, um, he will give it a shot. It's just to be determined at this point. How much basketball activity, if any at all, has he been able to do recently? Yeah. Um, you know, so initially you don't want him doing really anything basketball activity wise, because if you fall and, uh, you know, fall on your hand and break your fall, you know, things can go south. So for a while he was doing uh, really nothing. But then, you know, right after that, he was doing, you know, stationary bike and, you know, stuff like that. So uh, trying to keep his wind up a little bit. But recently he has been out on the court a little bit more in a, you know, individual session slash five on O, you know, just kind of running up and down and doing some slides and some different things to try to get his basketball conditioning uh, in the right way. Cause as you know, you can ride a stationary bike or even run on the treadmill and it's much different than kind of being in a stance and, you know, going fast and slow and everything that happens on a basketball court. So, um, so he's been doing more of it, but uh, you know, hasn't really been full go uh, yet. So do you anticipate having Jamal Walker in Asheville? Uh, to be determined, uh, to be honest with you. He's kind of, you know, we're just figuring that out as well. So I'm not sure. I want to go through and get your thoughts on on some guys that uh, that we have seen. Obviously, when Jake went down, that left a, a massive hole uh, offensively and defensively, for that matter, for you guys. Sam Alexis saw a lot of minutes this year as a uh, as a true freshman. What did you see from Sam in, in his development over the last couple of weeks? Yeah, you know, he's one guy that we're super excited about. Um, I think he has the potential to be an outstanding Southern Conference player. And, uh, you know, I think all year he's shown flashes. Uh, for us in practice, he's done really well, particularly at different points, even when Jake was out there. And I think it helped uh, going against Jake every day, day in and day out. So, but Sam, you know, he's shown flashes, had some really good games where he had, you know, I want to say his career high of like 26 points, something like that, and X amount of rebounds. 
Um, but he's picked up the offensive defensive concepts. He's making strides there. So he's continuing to get better. Uh, he plays with good intensity. He's an elite offensive rebounder and really a really, really good rebounder on the whole. And you could see his confidence go up, meaning you could give the ball to him on the block on the offensive end and he can make some things happen. You know, he can score one-on-one in the post against a decent amount of guys, even as a true freshman right now. And we've obviously allowed him to shoot the ball from the perimeter a little bit. So that's an added bonus if he can make some perimeter jump shots. But his jump shot's not, you know, picture perfect. But uh, but I think with time, he'll become a, a really good shooter as well. Jamal Johnson came in here as a guy that has played a lot of college basketball before. And uh, he has played like a guy that's played a lot of college basketball before. Uh, what has he meant to you as a, a coach coming in? taking over this program in year one, having a guy like that come in and and make that impact on the floor. Yeah, you know, I'm really thankful to him for joining us here at Chattanooga. And uh, he's been our, you know, arguably our most consistent offensive player from a scoring standpoint in particular. Um, he can really shoot the ball. He keeps defenses honest because he can make shots, but – you know, a lot of a lot of times people don't fully understand the other impact he has, which is they play closer to him. So it allows, you know, the the gravity, I think uh, that people are calling it in basketball, you know, people play closer. So it's bigger gaps for other guys to drive the ball or play one on one in the post, that kind of thing. So um, he's been really good there. I think he's long on defense and has helped us at times on the defensive end as well. Shoots free throws really well. Um, and he's doing a decent job rebounding the basketball. So. You know, he's been, uh, again, our, you know, our, our arguably con- most consistent uh, offensive player and certainly from a scoring standpoint. Dalvin White has just been fantastic this year. I know what the I know what the numbers were at USC Upstate last year, but to actually see it in person this year, how well he takes care of the basketball. I mean, you talk about guys you trust and, and not to say that you don't trust Jamal or or AJ or anybody else out there, but well, you got to have a lot of faith in a guy like Dalvin White when you see how well he is able to uh, hang on to the basketball for you. Yeah, absolutely. He, you know, he certainly doesn't turn it over much, which is which is really good. So he's a smart basketball player, but he also has a lot of assists. He sees very well, um, and we really value that. So. Um, solid with the basketball, makes the right decision. Um, you can see as the season's gone on, he's pushed it even faster. We've been asking him to do that, and I think that's a, a great sign that he's pushing the ball faster. Um, and then he shot a really good uh, percentage from uh, the three-point line in particular, shooting close to 40% in league, maybe even higher overall. But, you know, like you said, to have a floor general who – you know, it was kind of leader and a coach on the floor. I think he's really added value that. And it can, you know, oftentimes you see how good of a basketball player somebody is. And you, the first thing you look to is their assist to turnover ratio. And he's doing extremely well in that. Brody Robinson is on his way to, I think, being a fan favorite here. If he's, if he's not already there, just his style of play and, and a little bit of fire from him when, when he gets on the floor again, another true freshman we're going to talk about. Are you surprised at what you've been able to see from from Brody this year? Not really, to be honest with you. He uh, he had a really good you know summer. We got him late because of something that happened with the the uh, 
you know, scholarship situation here. And uh, he had an incredible fall. So we knew he was capable of doing some things. And I think he's really positively impacted some games, you know, and he has some freshman moments and it's sometimes you want to slow him down even a little, but I'd much prefer that than vice versa, which is playing with more, you know, trying to get guys to play with more tenacity or energy or uh, toughness. Um, Brody will go out there and compete. And, and I think that has rubbed off on other people, you know, and, uh, you know, I, I really appreciate him being a fan favorite when he gets in the game, people cheer for him. Uh, Cause you know, he's not the, tallest guy in the court or the most physical and have the biggest muscles, that kind of thing. But he really gives it his all. And he has, again, positively impacted multiple games, both from a stat sheet uh, standpoint where he's made some shots, had some assists, uh, pushed the ball, but also just from an energy standpoint, I think his teammates feed off of that. And we're really appreciative of his efforts doing that. Well, let's talk about what's coming up in Asheville. Um, You've been here before. You know the drill going through this. You've got some guys on this team that have been through, whether it's in the Southern Conference or someplace else, they have they have been through uh, playing basketball in, in the month of March before. So uh, a little bit about what it's going to take to go from Friday to Monday. Yeah, you know, it's uh, it's a good question. I've been in these games before, and we've gotten a bye the first round before. Um, you know, obviously, in, in many ways, you'd rather play just three games to if you can win the whole thing rather than having to play four. Um, but regardless, it's kind of, again, new life, and you're playing, uh, you know, in the conference tournament for an, an opportunity to play uh, postseason basketball after that. So, and I think our guys, you know, we haven't had the success that we have wanted, but I think that they're confident in that when we're playing our best basketball, we have the ability to play with and or beat anybody. Um, so, you know, it's certainly a tall task playing four days in a row, and we're going to have to have our all to play against a very competitive uh, and good VMI basketball team the first night out. So, um, and then you just kind of see what happens. But, you know, I would say the other thing is Asheville does a tremendous job of, of uh, being a host city for the conference tournament. I'm not just saying that because I'm in the SOCON. I've been a part of other conferences and have a lot of friends that are head coaches and or coaches. Uh, and there's a lot of, you know, neutral sites that don't really get the fanfare and everything. And I think a lot of fans go out to Asheville. It's a super city a lot to do, bars, restaurants, a lot of fanfare. And they do good things like my daughters went in the past and they, you know, give everybody a ball and have them dribble down the street. I forget what they call it, but it's like really a great atmosphere. So um, so that'll be fun for the fans and everything, but we're handling it like a business trip and we're going to give it our all and see what we can accomplish. The irony of facing VMI again, right? Um, a, a little bit about them. Give us the scouting report, what it's going to take for Chattanooga to be successful. Friday night? Yeah, I mean, I, I think first and foremost, uh, you know, we just have to play with as much energy as humanly possible. Uh, again, I give VMI a ton of credit. They unfortunately were hurt by some transfers out um, and don't didn't return a bunch of, uh, you know, production, if you will, from the pr previous year. But um, they do have some seniors. Sean Conway is a guy that can make shots for them that played a lot of minutes for for us in the past but they really have a lot of freshmen and they have freshmen that are like really good basketball players, really competitive, don't have anything to lose and go out and play extremely hard. So we're going to be, have to be on our toes. I think some of the keys 
They really rebound the ball extremely well, particularly on the offensive boards. So we're going to have to keep them off the glass. Um, and they have some really good one-on-one players. Uh, Woods, their starting two guard, if you will, and, and Felder, their backcourt, are two guys that can really go get there. So we're going to have to be locked in one-on-one, but also play team defense so that we're in the gaps and make it really tough on them. So, um, again, uh, can't give enough credit to VMI and what they've done this year. When you take a look at at this bracket, and there's there's Furman, there's Sanford, UNCG, Western Carolina, the top four. Is there anybody in the conference that's really separated themselves? Because it feels like all year this has kind of been sort of back and forth jockeying for position at the top, and you guys have been at or near the top uh, earlier this year. Yeah, Do you, know, you see anybody that's separated themselves yet? I don't know that I see one team per se. I, I think – you know, just looking at the standings, it doesn't take a genius to figure out that, you know, Furman, Sanford, and UNCG have been up there towards the top uh, for most of the year. So, and certainly Western's had a phenomenal year. So, um, but I, I think those top three have kind of separated themselves. And then there's maybe a little bit of a, a tier, and then you go to Western, and then kind of a, a bunch of the rest of the teams. But uh, I don't know that there's one team and, Anybody can beat anybody. I think you see that with college basketball. I think there's a ton of parity throughout college basketball on the whole. And certainly in our conference, I, I want to say Citadel, you know, they, they got us one time. They got uh, Furman one time. And there's some other, you know, kind of upsets, if you will, that have gone on th- during the conference season. So I think everybody should be prepared for, for anybody in the conference and anybody can beat anybody. So, um, but I would say those three teams – and they, you know, do it a little differently, each of them. Uh, UNCG plays tremendous defense first, but they've gotten much better offensively throughout the year. Sanford presses, you know, the entire game and keeps coming at you with a bunch of bodies. And Furman just has the, you know, they're all a little bit older, those three teams, but Furman has the two guys that have had a ton of success, Lawson and Bothwell in the league, and uh, they're having another phenomenal year. So, those seem to be the top teams, but again, I would not be shocked if anything happened. Coach, appreciate the time as always. Best of luck to you guys this weekend, and uh, looking forward to seeing you guys uh, play for that uh, tournament title on Monday night. Yeah, absolutely. I appreciate you as well. Thanks. Hey, thanks to Coach Poppy and Coach Earl for giving us a little bit of time this week, and best of luck to both teams. Again, Chattanooga's men in action. They play uh, tomorrow. 7 o'clock with the airtime uh, with JR, and then 7.30 with the tip-off again on the Mox Sports Network. If you can't make it to Asheville, join JR for that. And then women's basketball with Larry Ward. They tip off later today against Furman. That game is set for 3.30 Eastern time. So make plans uh, to uh, spend this weekend following the Mox again. If you can't make it to Asheville, no worries. You can catch them here locally with uh, with Larry and Jr. It's going to wrap it up for us this week on Mox on the Mic. We invite you to stick around and join us again. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review Mox on the Mic. And uh, glad to have you along with us this week. Until next time, so long and go Mox. Thanks for listening to Mox on the Mic. Please remember to rate, subscribe, and review. And we'll see you again soon.